It's August 15th. That is the Feast of the Assumption in Cleveland, Ohio. We went today for the procession. The procession is the last day where they have the little band and the kitties and the Statue of Mary with dollar bills hanging from it. And uh, what else did they have? They had everybody represented from Italy, right? So Calabria and Palermo was represented. And they had the Polizai, the police force from Italy. The Polizai, I think that's different. It's Cabaneri, I think, is the... The police from Italy, the Polizai might be German. Is that Germany? Not, no, 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 no. Are Polish? Police are police. They rep, They were represented. And we had the Cleveland Police Force in force. They had their cars. They had their ground forces. They had their mobile unit just in case it went, you know, south. It hasn't gone south since the 80s, by the way. I mean, when we were at the feast, when we were young, there was not a lot of cameras on the street, not a lot of police. And the adults were mostly the trouble, and the kids would want to kind of emulate, you know, the local flavor of the area of Little Italy, if you get what, if you understand what I mean. Hold on. <coughs> Can't edit that out, folks, because I'm on my own. And yes, I still have a little tickle in my throat because I'm always talking, I'm always hustling, I'm here for you. The podcast is back, and it's got some interesting twists which I'll talk to you about in a little bit. Hopefully, I can get to that because we're doing the quick podcast because my wife is out of the condo with my daughter. Like I told you before, if you're listening, we're limited. We got to rush these things in the time where we have quiet. And right now, we have some quiet. So the feast was good. We went We went for the first night. Uh, the first night we went was actually Saturday night, and it was a big bash. So you have all the food in the streets. They block them off. And you can eat, and you listen to bands, and you drink, you know? I mean, what else can you do except drink? I had a giant table at a place called Nido, which is an Italian place. I know the guy who owns it, and uh, he's a little manic. I sat there and watched him go back and forth running around. My cousin said he likes to run from cash register to cash register and collect that cash. And believe me, $6 a slice for pizza... You know, uh, 15 bucks for a chicken cut. We spent $300 in a matter of two hours on <clears throat> about four people, which is not bad. It was the drinking, right? And the drinking here in Cleveland is cheaper than the drinking in New York or Florida, uh, in Baltimore. Drinking in Cleveland is cheap. You can go to a bar and you still get $2, $3 beer. It's still a blue-collar area where you get Rolling Rock and Pabst and people are drinking... You know, they're not drinking Bud anymore. Believe <laughs> They're not happy with the Bud Man or the Bud. The Bud. It's not the Bud Man anymore, is it? So they're not happy with that. Uh, I hear it all the time. Meantime, I don't drink beer. So it doesn't, it has nothing to do with what I do. I am drinking whiskey, mostly. And uh, it's probably making my voice hoarse. I'm going to have to stop putting pure friggin' alcohol down my esophagus because it, it's, it's, it's doing something. I can feel it. The talking, the drinking whiskey, the coffee, all that stuff. You got to be you gotta pay careful, close attention, my friends, to your health. You want to be around, okay? You want to be around for the next feast. And, you know, that's what we did. We, we ended up having a pretty good time. 
I'm skipping a lot of comedy. You know, I did a show on Friday night at an Italian-American club in Wycliffe, Ohio. But I haven't been doing a lot of stand-up because, you know, look, I'm not getting paid enough. I'm not getting appreciated enough. Well, you can't say that. <laughs> I'm not getting paid enough. The appreciation is there for the crowds that are there. It's just that, you know, it's tough now. I'm not the new guy on the block, and you, you, I admit it. It's it's a tough thing to go get a crowd that wants to see Carmen Suricillo unless he's got something to say. I need to say something different, you know. I need to come up with some material that people want to hear that I believe in. So I've been working on that a little bit. I got some shows in Florida. In fact, I got a show in Tampa coming up on Sunday, August 20th, with my podcast former co-host, Mike Stevens, will be coming in doing a guest set. And I think we're going to try to do some podcasts next week when I'm in Florida. So bringing it back together, we've had a three-month, four-month kind of hiatus because of moving and chaos and life. And, you know, we're basically trying to hold it all together. It really has been being pulled apart, not just the podcast, but comedy itself, you know, the, the idea of even working anymore. You know, if you don't have a decent job at 60, like I got a lot of friends that work in corporations and they got a daily routine. Comedy, if you don't work every day, if there's not a daily routine on it, how am I supposed to do well? Who am I supposed to perform for? That's why I like the podcast. That's why I like making my videos. But if you're not in a stand-up club, which the only way to do that is you got to get on the road. You got to get on the road. And at some point, I'm like, I don't know. You know, I don't really care about the road as much anymore. I never really did. And now, because what am I trying to achieve? Do I care about being famous? Do I care about making a lot of money? Do I, what do I care about? What I really care about is kind of unlocking the potential that I have. Can Does that sound cool? <laughs> unlocking Carmen's potential. Does he got more? Or is he losing it? Is he, is he going down the dementia path or is he becoming more enlightened? Wouldn't that be interesting to find out? Yeah. So that's why I'm tapping into my own brain and challenging myself to try to write different material, make things, make new things, make new videos, make new podcasts. And by the way, <clears throat> this could end abruptly again if that door opens. If you hear a door open and I shut the podcast off, I don't think we're going to extend it because I haven't made this pod in about eight days. So this one's got to go out. We're at six minutes and 47 seconds, and we're going to try to squeeze more information in. Okay, so I told you it was a great week. We had a show Friday. We went to the feast on Saturday, right? And we drank and responsibly got home. My, my, my daughter drove. She doesn't drink. It was great, right? She's in town. She takes care of us. It's her duty as far as I'm concerned. Pay me back, honey. Pay me back. Drive me home safe. Get get me back to my place. She's very happy to do that, by the way, because she's responsible. I say that like it's not a good thing. Yes, she's responsible. Not like the kids of the 80s who are at the feast. That's why, you know, you don't see a lot of chaos anymore down there. When we were doing the feast and my uncle was running the gambling wheels and the over-under tables and the basement and the booze and all the things... We were able to do a lot of things. We drank, we gambled, we had a, we had incredible times for fourteen year old kids, um, you know, and and we loved it. It was like one of these movies that you see, Once Upon a Time in America, or Goodfellas, or any of these things that you see. Some of that stuff is, some of that stuff happened 
in my life, you know, as far as uh, the, the interesting gambling things or the drinking underage or that kind of stuff happen. It happens to everybody, but we are around that contingency down in Little Italy, you know. So it was, it was interesting to try to be on the outskirts of it and be, be uh, surrounded by it and know that, you know, this is, uh, this is not what you want to get involved in, but yeah, I'd like to win the wheel when I lose. Who wouldn't? And my uncle would like, no matter what they put on there, let them win every time. You know, it was kind of like that. So now we go down to the feast with my kids. It's a whole different game, right? It's, you want, it's no more winning stuff animals. And it's because they're not little anymore. It's more of, this is what you do. You enjoy it. You eat, you, you talk to people and you don't cause trouble, no trouble. And they're not going to let you anymore. They're not going to let you. I think what happened is that there was so much trouble for so long. And there is, believe me, I, I know what you're saying. There's still trouble out there, yes. But in some situations, it is the youth that are acting actually more mature than the, do I say elderly? Are we elderly? Whoa, whoa. Somebody's elderly people, trust me. I have aunts and uncles and my mom, she's in her 80s, that act not, el- not adult-like. They're elderly, but not adultish anymore. They're going back and reverting to, oh, we got to have fun. So we're going to do some things and say some things that are not so great. And you listen to them, you're like, oh, Jesus. I mean, I was sitting in my van driving them. Right? So I'm, I'm the designated driver one night. And they are a little hammered. I think I, I told you some of this. I'm listening to them talking about stories when we were young. And, you know, now they're telling us that they were having sex when we went camping. Like my mom and dad and my aunt and uncle, they were all in their tents boning. I'm like, do I need to hear this shit? Right? And then I said to my mother a couple of days later, I go, I don't, I don't need to hear that crap. Ma. I go, that's, that's why I gave everybody gum. So they would shut their mouths. They had something to do. Turns out she didn't remember any of it. So now I'm calling it filthy Alzheimer's. It's like, they forgot. Did you forget what you said? What are you, what are you crazy? These stories, I don't know what you're doing. You're entertaining yourself. You're trying to keep your mind intact. Why don't you do crossword? Do a crossword puzzle or Sudoku or whatever you call that thing. Yeah, do that to keep your mind sharp. Don't try to reminisce about the stories of you getting laid in a, in a tent when I was seven. No thanks. Not to me. I don't want to hear it. So it's crazy, right? So the, uh, the adults are a little goofy. The young kids, I find, my, my kids especially, uh, and their friends and people that I know that are close to them, I'm like, damn, man, these kids today, they're pretty damn smart and mature. And, you know, they're going to change the world, I think, for the better. They're not going to be comedians because comedians, you got to be. You got to have something a little wrong with you. If you're too put together, if your dad raised you right, I'm sorry. You don't have a chance at comedy. I know you want to be a comic, but... Blame your father, not me. See, my kids can be comics easily, right? But they don't. They're not. They're not. Because their mom was there the entire time. Anytime I said something, their mother said, don't do that. Or, Carmen, don't say that. My father, the shit he said to me and the stuff that he allowed me to do enabled me to be a great podcaster. (laughs) 
a great comedian, a great person that is screwed up enough that was willing to take stand-up comedy on as a job. That's what happened. You know, because everybody that grows up normally lives pretty good, pretty straight and narrow life. I mean, you can break away and do some bad things, but I guess you can fool around on your spouse or cheat and steal and the rest of the shit, but trust me, to get on stage, you gotta be a, you gotta be a very special screwed up. You really do. And I'm not screwed up enough. If I was, believe me, I would be more famous. I'm screwed up to the point where I can get on stage and make a decent living doing comedy, but oh, to be so screwed up. Isn't that the dream? To be so screwed up that you can get on stage and just not care what you say or do, and people laugh. And you like that laughter. You love that laughter is what keeps you going. That's your, that's your uh, currency. Yeah, pay me. Keep laughing and keep paying me. So it's been an interesting week. I uh, went to a graduation, family graduation party on Sunday. This is the Cleveland thing now. We haven't been able to do this a lot because we've been in Florida. And now we're part of all family events. Interesting. Interesting. Right? We're in the back of an Ital another Italian event with more pasta, more cannolis, more totos, which are chocolate cookies, more pizzales, more sausage and peppers and cavadels and pounded chicken at this one and salads. And I now have vowed to slow down on the carbs. I have really got to look at packaging and uh, pay attention because I do not like when the gut goes over to pants and I haven't been having to wear pants. So once I start having to wear pants again, I'm in trouble, man. Pants without elastic? If I get a gig for a corporation where I got to put on a decent pair of pants, I am going to have something just dripping over <laughs> those pants that's going to be so... It, it just rolls over. I could squeeze it. I'm like, okay. See, you're not taking care of yourself. You're eating too much. You're drinking too much. And this is what happens. At these events, I mean, it smells amazing, and you got to eat it, right? You have no choice. If you don't eat it, if you don't, the discipline that I show right now is being, you know, it's not being applauded, by the way. When you come to this thing, and then you tell your mother, I didn't say anything either, by the way. I'm smart enough. Somebody said, yeah, he's not eating uh, confidels anymore. Oh, great. 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 Say that. Because guess what's going to happen? Then I got to hear from her. Oh, every time we have an event, you decide to go on a diet. No, that's not. Every day is an event. Every day is food. Yeah, I have no choice. If you say, okay, well, after the graduation party, that's when I'm going to go on my diet. Well, after the graduation party was the feast. And then after the feast is Sunday dinner. And then after Sunday dinner, it's just a random day at the grocery store with thousands of baker items that you unconsciously stuff in your face. So now I'm back to... Listening to Keto Man, Vinny Tortorich. I'm trying to... Tortorich? I think it's Tortorich. I was on his podcast. If you haven't heard the Vinny Tortorich podcast, I was on. Because I wrote some jokes about keto. Talking about bread is my life. I was raised by bread. Bread was there more than my daddy. Yeah. And uh, I hate keto. He thought it was funny. So I got on the podcast and I was skinny. When I say skinny, I mean I was 10 pounds, 15 pounds less than I am now. I've never been skinny. I'm a barrel. You know, I'm a short guy. 
that's kind of stout and chunky. <laughs> so add five pounds in any direction, it doesn't look good on a, on a short, stocky barrel. There's not much you can do for that guy. So that's why I try to be at least a little careful. And today was hard. Today I had some scone. Today I had some cavadels. I was in the church basement because it was the last day of the feast. And, you know, we got to support the church. And we got to have a little casada cake. And, okay. See, there's never going to be a day where you go, well, after this day, then I'll start. No, no, no. I started. And then people are now, they're knowledgeable about it. There's going to be this kind of ramping up period, this initial period where everyone's finding out that I'm not eating like I used to. So when I go to my aunt's and she goes, you don't want any cavadels? Are you sure? Have some cavadels. Have a little bit of cavadels. You know, it, until people realize I'm not eating it. Now, I don't know if I can last through this initiation or initial period of eating low carb. I've, uh, it's only day eight and I'm freaking out because nobody's emptying. <laughs> emptying? Nobody is emptying the pantry in this house of all the foods that I was eating, all the crispy, barbecue-y snack chips and crackers and Cheez-Its and all that stuff. It's still there, and there's bags of it. Now, my wife, she can let it sit. Me, I stare at it. I'm opening the closet. You know, I joke that I will eat snacks and stare at other snacks, that I have FOMO, fear of missing out on the snack that I'm not eating, while I'm chewing a snack in my mouth already. And then, of course, you go right to the sugar. I know she's got sugar somewhere. I know she's got the M&Ms hidden because I told her to, but she doesn't hide them in the greatest place. It's not a, she's not good at hide-and-seek. Maybe she wants me to find them. And then she's got the licorice. And in the fridge we have, or in the freezer, some type of ice cream bar. And down the street there's an ice cream place. And there's a pizza place on every corner and deli. So this is... Like, if I can pull this off, I can do just about anything. I really think that this is another, of course, discipline that I'm, I'm trying to continue. This is for my health so I can function. My God. I mean, and, and people, oh, yeah, I thought you are a tough guy. That it has nothing to do with, I'm not even a tough guy. Yes, I'm a little crazy, and crazy sometimes looks like tough. I'm more like stupid. <laughs> The things I say to people, mostly for humor. If I ever take on a big guy, it's for a joke. I do not expect to fight this man. I expect to torment the shit out of him. I don't expect him to come at me because I think, well, I can pull back. I wish there was. I guess there's roast battles now. I'm going to have to try a roast battle because I'm better at mouthing off than I am at creating a situation doing stand-up. I'm way better at fucking with you and trying to piss you off. But even in roast battles, I noticed, oh, it's just a joke or comedy. Is there a place where I can go practice my tormenting of people? You know, where I can not get in trouble or beat up? I don't think so. I don't think so. But yeah, most of the stuff that I do is, it's, it should not be uh, ever uh, looked at as being tough. I'm not trying to be tough. I am trying to survive, number one. Okay, so eating right Am I a pussy? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> because I called you a pussy on some other things. It, like maybe, I, I think there are some things where you call a guy a pussy, you know, where he's too soft. And is it, is it too soft to 
to, to be dieting? Is that part of it? If I'm dieting, because the word diet is, is I'm going to tell you, it's associated with women, right? A guy on a diet? Oh, yeah. That was back in the day. No one talked like that. If you're a man, you just get fat and shut the fuck up. Just sit on the couch and eat. And women put up with it. I don't know why you ladies put up with it. But um, yeah, I guess it is kind of being conscious and more aware. I'm a thinking person. Now, I know every, we all are thinking people, but I got family that doesn't think. They just do shit. If they thought about what they were doing really deep enough, they would stop. They would stop. So I think about things a lot. I spend a lot of time trying. I care about what I do and say and how I look and the rest of it. And I guess that is kind of soft. So what? Was that tough? Did I sound tough? <laughs> Sometimes you got to be. When you're short, what are you supposed to do? You, you got to have some defense. I got to sound tough. Or people. Call, when I noticed that... Um, Sometimes when I talk to people I don't know and they call me boss, okay, boss, I go, oh, I guess I was being kind of a dick because that's what that means. Okay, boss. They don't mean you're the boss. They're saying this guy thinks he's the boss. So I know my attitude has to adjust sometimes and I have to be a little softer in my presentation. You know, I got to go, got to go. Look how soft I am.